Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casino. Nothing else comes close. Sit across the line. That's a nice feed in front, and that one just bounced away from Rusek. Who fed Benson out of the box. Benson again with a shot, scores! Zach Benson continues to plead his case to the Sabres staff as he ties his game at three. Zach Benson remains the Sabres preseason scoring leader with five points in five games. And on today's skate at Key Bank Center remains on a line with Thompson and Skinner. I say remains because that's where he's been the bulk of the preseason. Last night, he was not and yet continued to find the score sheet with a game tying goal that was ultimately part of a 5-3 loss to the Blue Jackets. We're a week away from the season opener. Welcome in at Sabres Live. Marty, it's hard not to be reflective, nostalgic, a little bit sad. Um, when looking out in front of Key Bank Center today, newly paved Perry Street, uh, adorned with golden leaves on the ground on either side of what will soon be RJ Way. So it had me definitely thinking about the legend this morning and what um, feeling it will be on opening night seven days from now. I actually brought that up yesterday on NHL Network Radio as that in a week from now, they will have um, all the fanfare and, uh, you know, blue carpet and, or is it gold carpet? Blue and gold. Blue and gold carpet. Familiar with entrance. that concept. Yeah, yes. exactly. There's, oh, well, we don't get the red carpet. We get the blue and gold carpet. But there is going to be <laughs> RJ Way that is going to adorn right there, you know, around the arena and that. Uh, um, so we went and talked a little bit about RJ and reminiscent about, you know, what it was like when uh, he was around the last couple of years, but even before that, like my first few games and, you know, him and Jim Lorenz having fun. So, yeah, I, I had that feeling yesterday, and I think the closer and closer and we get to the uh, home opener, uh, mm-hmm. we'll be talking more and more about RJ with a lot of fans and with a lot of people around the uh, the arena. Well, the arena was certainly alive last night. Uh, Stevie Nicks put on a show uh, while the Sabres were out of town trying to put on their own comeback display once again against the Jackets, and they managed to get it back to even after falling behind by a couple. Of course, they roared back from 3-0 down against the Jackets on Saturday to win 4-3. Overall, the takeaway from the coach and presumably from most who watched was that it was not their best effort. Uh, Don Granado said we need to be a lot better. Uh, it was below a standard that... Uh, that we need to set for ourselves and we chose the route of skill 
over foundation to start the game. And then we were chasing it a little bit after that. So those are fair statements for sure. But the beauty is it is just preseason, even though Don was thankful that there was value in last night's preseason loss to serve as a reminder of what they need to be and can't be in the, in the poorer moments of last night. But here we are six games into the preseason talking yet again about Zach Benson. Yes. So I ask you with one preseason game remaining, which is tomorrow night at Key Bank Center, the Penguins are visiting and we are on the air with a full broadcast on MSG, our first of the season. Has Zach Benson made this team? 100% yes for me. And I think that's the feeling around the fan base. And it's not just in what he's accomplished in preseason games. Uh, it's the way that he's looked in practice, the way that he um, kind of walks around. Like he, he's a, like, he's a young man, very young, just got drafted and could have two more years of juniors really um, if he wanted to and, and, you know, to develop. But I think he's got a maturity to him. He's got a business-like attitude to him. Um, but he also has that youthful enthusiasm when he's on the ice. And this is, this is great. So a hundred percent. Yes. To me. And I think one of the, the thing is we're asking people on, on X right now is what's your plan for Zach Benson this season. And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about and hear about the next week, two weeks, three weeks is the nine games, right? Because if you play game number 10, I know where you're going, Duffer. I agree 100% with you. If you're watching on MSG, Duffer, the only get the nine two I care down. about is the jersey number yeah, that he wears. Exactly. But so, but so people understand. Discussion. So people understand you play game number 10, it burns a year of your contract. It burns, you know, so now instead of being a three year contract, if, you know, that year counts. So now there's only two more years. But I don't care about that. Who I care that Owen Power burned a year. Devin Levi burned a year. No, Casey Millstad burned a year. Like it doesn't matter. I think at the start of the season, it's always more emphasized on who are they going to play game 10? Shane Wright last year, he played game eight and then went down to Coachella Valley, came back just to play game nine against the Montreal Canadiens. He scored his first NHL goal and then was loaned back to junior. So it didn't burn a year, right? That, that game, that, that nine game trial, if you want to call it that. It's big on a lot of people's mind. It's just a small detail. It yeah. does not matter. If Zach Benson is good enough to make your team now, mm. he's good enough to be on the team November 1st, December 1st, January 1st, unless, I'm saying unless, there's a drop-off. And all of a sudden, right. you have other players that are better. And Jack Quinn returns to, to the action in December. And then, well, if you want to send him down to juniors in January, do that. Mm-hmm. But who cares about the nine games? That's the way I look at it. So, yeah, 100%. He's made the team, in my opinion, right now. I'm with you all the way. But we'd be naive and perhaps irresponsible to not suggest its long-term impact. And that is... This club, like most, even with a salary cap rising, which we'll talk to Darren Dreger about at the bottom of the Mm -hmm. hour, the longer you can keep players on entry-level contracts amidst rising salaries is beneficial to your roster construction. But to your point, if Zach Benson goes over a cliff in game 29, but in the process of those first 29 games has helped the team get off to the start that they so desperately need to make the playoffs this year, then so be it. I will not look at it as a year wasted on a contract. 
That is not, I would never look at it this way. I trust what they're going to do, right? And if this kid has earned it, then let's stick to what the mantra has been, which is we're not going to block guys and their path to the NHL. So let's see what happens. The Sabres got lucky. This is unexpected for sure. This is totally unexpected. But so was the Quinn injury. And Matt Savoy injury is unexpected because Matt Savoy probably would have been the one being tried in that spot that Zach Benson is in right now. And you may have talked about something different, totally different. And you know what? Matt Savoy, maybe he returns in three weeks. Maybe the Sabres are like, hey, let's send you to Rochester on a conditioning for two, three games and then come back and show us what you got in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Maybe they got Savoy and Benson in the lineup and it works. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows, right? But here's the biggest thing for me, okay? Mm -hmm. People talk about, oh, well, they're going to hit their second contract sooner. Like Owen Power, he's a stud. I get it. He's a first Mm -hmm. overall pick. But for most players, hitting their second contract earlier means that they don't have as much statistical comparison and weight to be able to demand big salary. Mm -hmm. So if Zach Benson plays a half a year this year and then goes back to junior, and then next year plays a year, and then he's in his third year of his contract, maybe he's got 35 goals and 60 assists, 90 points in three years to go about. You're not mm-hmm. paying the guy five, $6 million for that. You're, you're still going to do a bridge, a very moderate bridge. Now, if he explodes and he's great, well, then he should be in the NHL. And the Sabres got lucky in the way that it all worked with Jacqueline and J.J. Paterka. They still have two years of entry-level deal because their year in Rochester was considered a slide year, right? Because they were of a junior age at the time. And because of the pandemic, there was some loopholes. They got to play in Rochester. Last year was the first year of their contract. They got lucky on two players. Mm-hmm. And take that and run. Exactly. With the other ones, just... Play it. If they're good enough, play them. If they're not, then send them back to juniors. As Seinfeld told us many decades ago, it's even Steven. And and, and honestly, like you just can't worry about this stuff because it's going to balance out. This is the same way I feel about penalties every year. This is like, this is, this is life, man. Bad calls. Bad calls usually even themselves out. Exactly. Like it's just don't stress over it. The fact is the kid's talented. He's shown well. It's a wonderful opportunity, and I think it's amazing that we're six games into the preseason, and he is still kind of like everybody's, including ours, favorite talking point at the moment. But one thing we know, he's not going to Rochester. The Amherst opened their preseason tonight at home, and we'll talk with head coach Seth Appert coming up about his lineup, which has some beautiful wrinkles to it, and um, it's just a really exciting time for him. But Seth, like everybody else in the coaching staff, has appreciated Benson so much and all this young talent. It, it it gives you that much more energy going into every year, thinking, how can we be contenders once again? And when you recognize this kind of skill, it's amazing. Was it's real quick though, because we have Seth coming up, we have drags at the bottom of the hour. Is there one thing that you see in Benson that we haven't talked about yet? 
is released, the way he shoots the puck, like we okay. know his, his competitiveness and how he battles for pucks. And he's got a little quick shiftiness to him. He's low to the ground. He hunts pucks down. But the way he shot the puck yesterday on his goal against Elvis Merzlikens, he, he beat him clean. And it yes. was a great shot against the grain in a perfect location. He's not going to overpower you, but I think he goes to the middle of the ice. He goes to the front of the net. He goes to the slot. That's how he scored his power play goal uh, against Columbus too when Oposo went through the legs. And then Benson got there. He got there yesterday. To me, that's something that we haven't talked a lot about because his shot is not going to wow you. His shot is not going to outpower anybody. But it's got a quick release. And it's like a pitcher that's pitching 92, 93 miles an hour, but great location. We're going to talk about location, location, location. That was great for Zach Benson, the way he shoots the puck. The one thing I'll say is I feel like uh, he has taken a lot of hits and or borderline cheap shots already, mm-hmm. and every single time has been undeterred. It And there are a lot of these like kind of passing collisions in the neutral zone after a puck has already entered the zone, and I'm like, ooh, and just keeps right on it. Now, part of that is size, right? Like some collisions are going to look like they're mismatches on paper. But I do think some guys have been taking some liberties a little bit as far as kind of aiming high on them. But so far, it hasn't rattled him in the in the least. And it won't. It won't rattle him now. He, he may hit a brick wall once or twice, and that may shake him up a little bit. But I think that the Sabres, um, you know, if they have Greenway and Tuck in the lineup and Eric Johnson and Matias Samuelson, and you can kind of – help a little bit with your weight, with your heaviness that you may present, which is different than the last few years. So I think that that's going to change. Just a quick, a few response that we're getting on X right now, as we ask, you know, um, is what about Benson? What's your plan with Benson? There's a lot of the nine games look. And a lot of people are thinking he's definitely earned nine games. Give him the nine games, make a decision after that. And I think that's fine because you're going to evaluate everybody on the daily. So mm-hmm. thinking that you're going to see nine games out of Benson and then think maybe it's five. Maybe after five games, you're like, we've seen as much as we needed to see and we need to make a, a, you know, a decision. Maybe it's nine. Maybe it's 19. You're going to evaluate your team daily as to what is best for them. So I understand the, the, fixator, the, the fixating on the nine games. Um, but for me, it's more like, uh, here, this is Steve. He said he's earned a spot and he's definitely not a defensive liability. Simple. He's earned a spot. Mm-hmm. He's producing offensively. He's not a liability defensively. He's good. Put him on the team. Wasn't a super strong game defensively last night. What's your takeaway as far as any other names you feel are worthy of a quick mention here before we transition to Amherst and then uh, Sabres, of course, all the way woven through this and NHL with drags at the bottom. So, um, you know, we talked about Dallin and Clifton. They played most of the games together. Late in the game, it was Dallin and Power together trying to get the equalizer and, you know, goalie pulled and all of that. Uh, it's, it's the rust off of Corner Clifton a little bit. He was hesitant and maybe not closing on pucks as close as you wanted. That was the Patrick Line goal in the first period where he kind of, 
you know, didn't get to the puck, but let the pass get through him. Um, a few things like that. I felt like everybody was hesitant defensively. They didn't close in. They didn't take time and space away. And uh-huh. there's many different factors from that. They skated here. They flew in the afternoon. That's not regular season, but I'm not making excuses. Don Granado basically gave us a great soundbite. He said, we tried to do this and that and the other. Like I'm like, hey, Donnie. You're trying to steal my thunder here. This and that and the other. That's that's my thing. That's not your thing. But but he did offer that they were sloppy. They didn't really play hard on the pucks. And that's how it started. And they never really recovered from that. What about Lukanen? Look, it, it's hard. Do I feel like he battled? Absolutely. Do I think that he had his, his best game out there? No. I, I feel he... Again, like the backdoor play, which was the fourth goal, right? The backdoor play. I felt like he was a little off balance. He no, overplayed the, four, the post. The fourth was... one was the long range shot from Fantilli. That oh, no, that was Fantilli. So it's the third goal I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great backdoor play. Nothing he can do. I, I just felt like he was chasing the game there mm-hmm. instead of reacting and reading to it. Um, I didn't like, and the Fantilli goal deflected off Ryan Johnson. I wasn't sure about that until just a few minutes ago. I rewatched it. I didn't mm. love the power play goal. And you're going to say, why? It's a three rebounds in front of him. The initial oh. shot. Yeah. What? Well, the penalty kill has not been good enough the last couple of years. And it's not going to improve if we have more moments like what we saw last night in many different areas. And that was two defensemen not helping the goaltender with multiple rebounds. Yes. And the simplicity with which the entire play developed, which seemingly just had guys just a little bit off and again it's you know but why did i here, not here we're love talking it, about Duffer. another night where they, it was another night where they were very disciplined and yet they still right. lost the special teams battle those yeah. are the nights that can't happen oh. but why did i not like that goal as a goalie why well, did rebound, i not? i guess it's yeah. it's it hits you in the glove mm-hmm. you have one guy in front of you you don't have three screens you have one guy in front of you you should be able to see around that player and it hits you right in the glove it should be caught whistle Nothing happens. You mm. give up those two rebounds because you failed to catch the puck. And that, for me, is a tracking thing that I've always talked about with Lukanen. I feel there's issues tracking the long-range shots. Amherst are home tonight to open the preseason. Devin Cooley gets the start in goal. Amherst, of course, home throughout the 23-24 season with a whole bunch of great promotional nights, and you don't want to miss the action at Blue Cross Arena. More details to be announced uh, throughout the course of the season, but, of course, Amherst.com slash promos and tickets are on sale right now. So, uh, indeed, see you at Blue Cross Arena. And I might even see you there tonight. Um, I'm waiting for an official invitation from head coach Seth Appert, who has joined the show right now. Hi, Seth. How are you? Good, Duffer. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for the uh, Zoom availability this morning. That was fun. The, your enthusiasm uh, never wanes, whether it's preseason, regular season, or playoffs. It had me thinking, what do you recall from your first ever game behind the bench as an assistant coach in Denver almost 25 years ago? Ah, uh, that's a great question. Um... I don't know if I do recall even who we played. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> a, uh, that's a great question. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was a long time ago uh, that, uh, that I was a young assistant on George Bozdecki's bench. And uh, we weren't very good uh, back then, um, but we were on the way towards becoming a good program. We weren't there yet. Um, it's funny when you're an assistant coach in college, 
you remember more of the recruiting um, battles than you probably do even of the games because recruiting is such an important piece of, of your job as an assistant coach, especially. Um, so like I vividly remember the big recruiting wins and some of the big recruiting losses uh, that we had uh, probably more than I remember uh, my first game on the bench. Okay. So recruiting is a big part of college hockey, like welcoming a young kid into your program. And you're like, we're your family now. And you love those kids and you want the best for them. And I feel like, what you've done with the Rochester Americans is a little bit like that. Like you welcome Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka and Yuri Kulik and Isaac Roseanne and you've developed them. And so what's it like in training camp when you see some of them do well? And then when you see some of them struggling a little bit, like what as you as a coach that has probably a little favoritism, certain players, like how does that make you feel and how do you adjust to that? Uh, you're right. Um, number one, it's great to see them. Um, you know, all of them, all the former players that I've coached, uh, you know, for example, a guy like Matias Samuelson, you know, I had Matias as a young kid back at the national program and then to have him here in Rochester and to see what he's doing in Buffalo, those it's, it's great to be back with them. It's great to spend time with them. It's great to see how well most of them are playing, but yeah, there's, there's times in practice. If you're mad at them, you're like, okay. Um, it's not my place in Buffalo to, to <laughs> overcoach that that's Donnie's job and their staff. And I'm there to support. Uh, so uh, I won't name any names of any guys I was mad at, uh, but uh, every coach is their things that, that, that get them excited in practice or make them angry in practice. Uh, but, but certainly what, like I said, when I'm in Buffalo, that's, that's for up to Donnie to decide those things that I'm there to support that. So um, I sent those guys a text the other day in Rochester on the stairwell down to the dungeon, down to the weight room and the shooting room and where all the work gets done. We put up pictures and Marty, your pictures there. Um, of, I never went down to the dungeon, so you know, but okay, I'm glad my picture is there. So oh, trust me, we knew you didn't find the weight room. Right? <laughs> um, but um, there's, you know, 25 pitchers or so of former great Amherst that played with the Sabres. Um, and we put up a lot of the new guys as well as motivation for our current guys. And I sent a picture to Sammy, Quinter, JJ, Krebsy, and, and Oopy um, of, of the finished product. And um, it was neat to see how excited they were about it. And it's a real credit to them as they uh, they looked uh, as their time at Amherst with great pride. And they were fully invested in, uh, at being Amherst. And I think that's part of the reason they had so much success and are where they are now. Fair to say a lot of the big names that Sabre fans uh, know well of are not in your lineup tonight to kick off the preseason, but you also had a wonderful answer uh, a couple hours ago on the Zoom call with the media about what you are constructing for a line featuring Mason Yobst and the Mersh brothers. Tell me what goes into that and what that adds to the whole culture of development and family and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, you know, I think we we as an organization, not just in Rochester, we talk about uh, wanting to be a family and how we treat each other and the type of players and people we sign and put around our prospects. And um, and Kevin Adams uh, does a such great uh, such a great job of living that, not just talking about it, but living it, and it allows us to live it, right? Because because he does, and so. Michael Mersh, as you guys know, uh, means so much to me as a, as a captain, as a friend, as a human, but also to all of us here in Rochester. 
uh, as a mentor and, and a teammate. And, you know, so we have his little brother Dom in camp um, and it was a no brainer in my mind. Just, they're already so excited about being, they were at NHL training camp together. They got the practice together. They're six years apart. So they've never been able to do any of these things like this. Um, and so as soon as we made the decision to bring Dom in, uh, I knew in my head I was going to play them on a line together in the first exhibition game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Game. Uh, as just as a, as a reward, as a, as a gesture of goodwill, so to speak, to Michael, um, about what he means to us and how much we value uh, who he is and what his family has meant. It's great to have those stories, right? I mean, I played against my brother and that was that was fun. Like, I wish I would have got a chance to play with him. We're three years apart, but never got a chance to play with them. Uh, and we hear those stories, you know, in camps and whatnot. Uh, now, you know, Michael has a job to do in Rochester. He's definitely um, not just got to look for his younger bro. He's got to look for everybody else. Uh, and people in Buffalo, not that they don't know about Michael Mersh, but like when you have somebody like that, like it's Carlo Poso in Buffalo. And like, how does your job communicating with the new guys that are coming in, the new players that come in easier because of a guy like Michael Mersh? Yeah, he's uh, he makes my job way easier. Uh, there's a reason we keep resigning him, bringing him back. There's a reason he's been our captain. Uh, he's such a great role model for, you know, Quinn, Paterka, Samuelson, Kalik, Rosane, you know, on and on and on and on, right? And more new guys this year. Um, he, his habits, and Michael Pekka, this is Michael Pekka's words. <laughs> he's got, 
as good a habits or better habits than any player he's ever played with. And think of the guys that Peck has played with. And so Mersh's daily habits, how he lives his life, how he practices, how he how he goes about his preparation for practice and games, how, how much time he spends in the shooting room. He, he would be top 5% of NHL players in those things. Um, and the only thing, you know, his skating ability isn't as high of an NHL level. And so that's why he's in the American league, but those habits and that work ethic are what our prospects get to see in them every day. Um, and if they embody those same habits and, and details, with the talent that some of these guys have, uh, they're going to make themselves career NHL players. You know, when you throw out the idea of who Pekka played with, unfortunately, I immediately think of Ray and Barnaby. So I'm not sure that's where you wanted my head to go, but uh, <laughs> I think Verada and Dixon Ward. So Dixon yeah, Ward exactly. was absolutely in my head. That's amazing. Okay. Old goaltender. You have Devin Cooley tonight. What have you seen from him in camp and uh, give us the latest on your overall goaltending picture? Uh, well, right now, Tukarski is out with an upper body injury, um, short term, we think. Um, but, uh, so he won't play this weekend. Um, Cooley, I thought had a really good camp in Buffalo. The one period he played in the exhibition game, I thought he looked extremely sharp, made a lot of big saves. Uh, he's been the same in practice here for us. Uh, he's big, he's competitive, he's fast. Um, and so we've really liked what we've seen from him. And, and, uh, so right now we'll have, we'll have him and Hauser, uh, short term, uh, until, until Tukarski's back and, and then we'll just adjust and go from there. Ooh, can I ask one more on the goaltending front? This, yes. I, this is coming, this is coming out of left field and I apologize if it <laughs> makes you uncomfortable. Did you ever think after the way the season ended last year? Maybe we should consider signing Hunter Shepard. I'll leave uh, those decisions to Kevin and Jason uh, and our pro scouts. Um, Mm. No, we do talk about those things a lot. I appreciate the fact that I have input in our organization. Um, But I will say this. um, Hunter Shepard played that game again for Washington against us. Game one. Yeah. And we were excellent in the first 30 minutes. I'm on the bench. And I may have mumbled a couple swear words under my breath a time or two. And Donnie looked at me and he goes, what are you so angry about? I said, that's the same SOB that knocked us out of the playoffs. So, um, I, you know, credit to Shepard. He's, he's been a guy that uh, people have overlooked his whole career. He keeps winning and keeps proving it. Uh, but, um, you know, he's, uh, I got to believe he's going to crack his way into the NHL here sooner or later with the way he's played. Yeah. Qu- quickly, quickly, just in like 20 seconds, what do you tell Kulik, Roseanne, Murray, like those guys that are back and, you know, I, I did not get more of a look or more of a chance or maybe thought, hey, I, I want to start the, the the year in the NHL. What do you tell them quickly when you see them? Cooley and Rosie are different. I wanted them to recap their experience, what they thought they did well, where their struggle was, what the exit meeting with Donnie and Kevin was and kind of give them a focus and a path forward. Here's all the work you've done. Here's how much better you've got. This is what the focus needs to be. This is a hard league still. Don't forget that. Let's get back to work, right? So we had really good talks with them this morning. Murray, we got to wait to see if he clears waivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to him yesterday. Um, I'd be thrilled selfishly to have him in Rochester, but I'd also be happy for him if he got claimed. Um, it would hurt us as an organization because he's such a great player in person 
Uh, but I have so much respect for that young man and how far he's come in the last three years. And, and if he gets claimed, that means he gets to go to back to the NHL, which is his dream. Yeah, well, well said. said. And uh, obviously, uh, we'll look forward to tonight and uh, good luck. Thank you, as always, for the time. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Good to be on. Seth Appert, head coach of the Emirates. They've got Syracuse tonight at Blue Cross Arena at 7. Darren Dreger is next right here on Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Rolling right along here on a Thursday, we opted for an impromptu this or that. Do we take Don Granado live or do we take Darren Dreger live here on the show? We've opted for our hockey insider <laughs> from TSN. Hi, Dregs. How are you? I'm doing well. So evidently Don was not available live is what you're saying. Well, so I, you're I'm opting for Twitter me right now. Don. I think I, I think his feed is alive and well. So you, you, okay, you got to bring right. the goods. Um, in, in all seriousness, I think. You know, we talk so often with you about the business side of the game, and it actually yeah. feels like there's encouraging news right now mm. as far as any team that is looking to add to its stable, keep it stable the way they want, uh, might well be benefiting from a salary cap increase here pretty soon. Significant, more significant than what we've seen. Yeah, Commissioner Bettman talked about that with the assembled media as part of the Board of Governors meetings yesterday. Uh, this is on point. This is, you know, I would say from a calendar's per perspective online, you know, mm -hmm. they projected that uh, when they got to the point where the player's debt was essentially paid off and it's getting close. Uh, I think it's around 50 million, something like that. They'll clean that off this year. That's when you'd see the real jump in the salary cap. And that's what the projection is. There's no guarantee yet. But when's the last time Commissioner Bettman was comfortable talking about numbers, specifically the salary cap, yeah. when he didn't have a real educated feel for what that number was really going to be? Otherwise, he he just doesn't deal in those sorts of possibilities. So, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of general managers uh, who got word, either they were in the room or got word from their governors that, okay, we're, we're, we're streaming the way we thought we would. So that's what we're going to uh, work off of. So it, it speaks to, uh, I think for the most part, a healthy league, right? And now we'll see how teams are going to manage that. Or are we going to see what every player agent, what every player, what the players association is hoping for an increase in player salaries, not just more money, for the teams to spend to get to that salary cup, but legitimately the stars, the superstars of our game, even commanding more than they do right now. Okay. So it's estimated that it could be 87, maybe yeah. $88 million. We're at 83, yeah. five now. Yeah. So we're talking $4 four million. Four yeah. You know, that's pretty significant. Um, is, is this where um you know you could see guys like Hellebuck maybe yeah. like or Shifley in in minute and well with the Jets or even Dalene and Power here in Buffalo like does waiting for that number unlocks some of the holdouts and situation with contracts around the league it it could uh, but careful what you wish for, right? I mean, you're you're essentially betting on yourself if you're backing away from a negotiation and saying, nah, you know what. I'm going to roll the dice on free agency, or I'm going to force that club because the salary cap is going up next year, you know, to, to see if I can't get that done. Um, whether you're a pending unrestricted free agent like Shifley, like Hellebuck, like Willie Nylander in Toronto, 
I certainly think that it it bolsters your position right now, doesn't it? I mean, if yeah. if, if if you're comfortable enough in the game that you know you're going to play that you can push away from the table and say, I, I, I'm willing to bank on myself. I'm willing to be patient. Why wouldn't you do that? You know? And, and, you know, I look at Nylander in Toronto as uh, exhibit a, uh, I'm sure that the club's perspective of that negotiation was that his camp was ba- being too aggressive, too greedy. And that's after getting Austin Matthews extended the way that they did there different in Winnipeg with Hellebuck and Shifley, because Winnipeg felt like they were, you know, kind of encroaching a transition phase. Um, and now they've had extension discussions with those two players. So, again, it might bolster their position, but there's an ongoing back and forth, I think, in Winnipeg that may not necessarily be the case right now in Toronto. That could change pretty quickly. Who has a greater appetite for NHL expansion? Potential investors? Current owners? The Players Association. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I think of the owners, right? Because they get that slice of that expansion money. And Mm -hmm. uh, I know, again, that that Commissioner Bettman touched on this. They've always said, door is open to the conversation. And they get interested suitors probably on a monthly basis that reach out and maybe then revisit with Commissioner and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly about the possibility. And if it's going to happen, please keep us, you know, in mind. Um, But the numbers that we're hearing are are borderline astronomical, right? Mm -hmm. Batman was careful in his media avail. And he said, well, we're confident it'll be over 1 billion. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got an impeccable source. And I tweeted this like 10 days, two weeks ago that told me the number would be 2 billion, $2 billion <laughs> in an expansion fee. Mm-hmm. And I threw that by a couple of NHL owners and they were like, wow, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you can appreciate why, but then you know what, Duffer, it conjures up the next layer to that conversation. You just can't expand because the money is there and you're inviting more players into the playing pool, which, yeah, that makes the Players Association happy to a point, but you don't want to dilute it either. But I just feel like we're past that stage because of how the development systems, how players train now, right? They're different. And the talent pool is deeper. It feels like it's deeper. Um, but what what we are hearing more and more about, and this kind of surfaces every now and again, what about expansion in the greater Toronto area? Mm-hmm. Because it's a virtual no-brainer if you talk to some of the owners out there who know that the GTA could sustain in a second team in the area would thrive. The issue that you have is the territorial rights that Toronto has and that Buffalo has. Mm-hmm. But it's about making money. And if that's the bottom line, for the owners, for the for not just the owners, the clubs, the head office of the NHL, obviously the players. How can you not revisit that when you're 100%. commanding upwards or beyond two billion dollars in an expansion? Fee? Automatic okay, so, win. So There's no Matt chance. Duffer, no chance another team in Toronto would ever fail. It would well, be I, a home run. And no, it, obviously it would be a home run. It would be great. But you know how my math has been suspect on this show well especially when it comes to contracts so i just did on my phone right now two billion dollars divided by 32 teams to see where the money would go i'll show you right now 62 and a half million dollars per team that's what the owners would get i mean (laughs) 
That's unreal. Like, I, that's, does you're, money you're talk talking more one, than that, one? That's only one team, though. Yeah, yeah so per, like, may, may as well add two. If yeah, you add two, yeah. that's 130 million probably <laughs> that these teams are adding. So, but that's what I'm asking is this is money right now the talk? Like, going to 34 teams is a lot, and you have a to lot, consider yeah. the players and the schedule and the city. We're talking Atlanta. Are we seriously going to go back to Atlanta? It's failed twice. Like, I don't want a team yeah. there, put them somewhere else. Well, I know Duffer. You you, you want to bring back the history of well, the, the Atlanta, Atlanta area, and the right? Trashers. It's, it's it's the Atlanta area. Exactly. If you have an owner with deep pockets, which allegedly there is that owner, you've got the Utah Jazz owner who has openly openly acknowledged that he wants to get in the NHL game. Now, maybe that's a relocation. We, we you know we play that card every now and again in this circle as well, and it never mm. seems to come to fruition. But hey. Uh, you know, I, I can guarantee you that the commissioner's office has a long list, probably a lot longer list than people would appreciate of worthy owners, owners with mega dollars, not millionaires, multi-billionaires who want to jump into the arena. So as long as they've got pockets, deep pockets, then I, I think that the league would be willing to listen to Atlanta. Again, the Atlanta area, maybe not specifically the city, but we'll see. Quickly on Ottawa, division rival of the Sabres, yeah. still plagued by not 100% health. Josh Norris is a troubling concern for yeah. them, as is the lack of a deal for Shane Pinto, and the two kind of go hand-in-hand hand as a bit of a yeah. double negative right now. Okay, if you're DJ Smith, the head coach of the Ottawa Senators, what are you thinking right now with the regular season fast approaching? Um, Okay, so Josh Norris may not be healthy, and I don't have Shane Pinto. So you're, you know, two of your top three centers are potentially unavailable. Now, let's see with Norris. That that one's weird to me because that's the surgically repaired shoulder. Mm-hmm. So if it's soreness, if it's stiffness, like what is it that's that's keeping him out of the lineup? And is it going to be nagging or long term? We're going to have to wait and see how that plays out. Um, there's been recent discussions between Louis Gross, the agent for Shane Pinto and Pierre Dorian, likely as early as this morning. Um, but I'm told no progress. And that's disconcerting for the coaching staff. I mean, this guy is a real good player. And every day you you get closer to that regular season means that he's pushing, you know, his full-up ability back another day because that's really what the preseason is all about. So it's it's more of a concern, I think, for the coaching staff of the Ottawa Senators than maybe anyone else. So a quick update, uh, Josh Norris is participating in the Ottawa Senators morning skate in Winnipeg this nice. morning. So that's yeah. good news. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay, I'm going to ask you, because when we talk to you next Thursday, Sabres are going to be playing that night. Yeah. It's going to be like the hot topic, but Ottawa-Buffalo. Yeah. You had to have done your projections. Who's on top? Who's on the bottom? How do you see those two teams factoring in the Atlantic? I mean, it's a coin flip, especially Ottawa and Buffalo. But full disclosure, I did give Ottawa the edge. But okay. I put Ottawa fourth in the division and Buffalo fifth. See, I, I will say full disclosure, yeah. I gave Ottawa the edge as well. But I have Ottawa second and Buffalo third in wow. the Atlantic. I have Toronto, Ottawa, Buffalo. One, wow. two, where where, where did you make this bold prop proclamation? It's in an email, in an pre- email. Yeah, we have a preseason show coming up. But oh. uh, I went Toronto first as well. I haven't thought that far through second and third. It just, you know, Ottawa looked good at four, so that's where I put them. No, I gave it a little bit more thought than that. <laughs> <laughs> 
You don't judge it on the logo and the jerseys. Yeah, Which exactly. looks better? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> don't let out too many secrets, Dregs. We'll see you next yeah. week. It'll be season opener time in Buffalo. Can't wait. Have a good weekend. Hey, guys. You too. Have a great one. Darren Drager, Hockey Insider from TSN. We'll wrap up Sabres Live right after this. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Not lying when I tell you my palms are sweaty right now just thinking about this. It's opening (laughs) night a week from tonight. And it's presented by the BFLO store. We want you to join us. Not only on the air, of course, on MSG and WGR, but at Key Bank Center for the season opener, the home opener, October 12th, Sabres Rangers, 7 p.m., pregame party in the plaza, 4 p.m. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm the Walk the Blue and Gold Carpet. And, of course, along with the City of Buffalo Common Council, we're revealing the trailblazing street sign dedicated to Rick Jenneret. Such a special night. We can't wait for you to be a part of it. And it happens one week from tonight. And Marty, there's stuff happening constantly right now as the team pushes towards its opening night roster. We're expecting to see Devin Levi in goal tomorrow against Pittsburgh, a game that'll be broadcast fully on MSG with our crew and pregame coverage. And um, we're going to see Matt Savoy return to the ice at practice tomorrow, which will be a wonderful sight. It will be a wonderful sight as first practice with the team. So that will be great. But you got to think that there's six days, right? They're, the Sabres have a preseason game tomorrow, which is Friday. And they don't play until Thursday. So there's six days. So you got to play most of your guys. So I think that other than maybe, what, a couple of players that may not be in there, if you think that they have bumps and bruises. We saw Dylan Cousins not play last night. We saw Eric Johnson not play last night. So we'll see tomorrow what that lineup is going to be. But it should be a full lineup are very close to 98% of your lineup, Devin Levi in that. And yeah, we'll be at the arena tomorrow morning, Duffer, and we'll probably get a chance to see Matt Savoy and how he's feeling out there, which is a great sight to see. Again, there's there's still inner competition with spots. Don't think that the team is made on October the you know 7th or whatnot, and that's it. No, Matt Savoy can come in and wreck it up a little bit. As I wear my Johnson's Landing cap, I uh, I can't help but uh, look at the storyline of the Johnsons on the uh, Sabres blue line and whether we get to see Eric for the first time tomorrow, potentially paired up with Samuelson. But quick comment on Ryan Johnson again last night. This kid's smooth or what? He's a very smooth skater, and I think that's going to be such an asset for him, smooth with the puck. I can't wait to see. Look, he's still here. I would expect he'll be in Rochester. I can't wait to see what type of year he'll have with the Amherst because um, that's 
he's going to be an asset for the Sabres. And look, there was a lot of talk over the last few years. Is he going to sign? Is he going to get traded? We had him in every trade speculations probably that we could have. Throw a prospect in there. Ryan Johnson, you get thrown in there. Go ahead. Take him. But I think he's going to be a real big asset for the Sabres. This or that time as we uh, wind down the show here on a Thursday. Uh, yes, it is Thursday, October 5th. That means uh, birthdays <laughs> of great significance in NHL history. Mario Lemieux and Patrick Waugh. Man, it's hard to believe they were born so close to each other geographically and on the same day. Yes. So they are both 58 today. This or that, Brett Murray, does he clear waivers or not? I will say no. Uh, and as said, Appert said, like he wants him selfishly to be in Rochester, but he would like to see him get picked up maybe and get a chance at the NHL level. I love that. But I will say he will clear waivers and will be going to Rochester and the Sabres will have the opportunity to call him up when they need a player. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a flooding of players on waivers coming up and it may be a little too, too early to claim a player like Brett Murray. What about Brandon Byro, who played again last night, and he would have the similar situation moving forward? Would he clear or not? I think he would clear as well. I think most players, I would say 95% of the players are going to clear. There's a list. like Teams have lists, five or six guys, that if they if they put on waivers, we would claim them. I don't think that Brett Murray and Brandon Byron, there was lists right now. Maybe if they play some NHL games this year, they have to be sent back down through waivers. Then it's a different thing. But I don't see those two getting picked up right now. Good idea, bad idea. ESPN to air red zone style NHL whip around show. Fantastic idea. We've talked about that. NHL network, that's all it should be every day. But it's not NHL network, it's ESPN, well, which is a whole other story. We'll talk about it another time on Sabres Live. See you tomorrow. <laughs>
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.